right, guys, before we get started today, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, celebrating 10 years of partnership with the NFL. As the official laptop, tablet, and sideline technology provider for the LA Chargers, Microsoft Surface provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field every day. Learn more about Surface at Surface.com. And welcome into a winning edition of the final drive. As always, joined by Haley Elwood and Eric Smith, senior writer. Chargers win 34-24 in Houston. If you were looking at the first half, you were like, all right, this is domination, right? Second half got a little interesting, but a win is a win in the NFL. Uh, Haley, I'll start with you. Just your uh, overarching thoughts in this one. Yeah, I thought this was a really good kind of get back game for the Chargers. I know when we were on here last year, or I'm sorry, last week, sort of just kind of commiserating about what had happened in week three, we were all interested in terms of how this team was going to respond. And I think you saw that response certainly in that first half. I mean, shout out to Danny Marcano from Chargers comms. I believe he texted me that that 20 point lead at halftime was the largest halftime lead that they had had over a team since 2018. And then you mention it, it gets a little interesting as it kind of always does. But, you know, I was reading, I obviously wasn't on this trip. I was covering it from home, but I was reading Jeff Miller from the LA times. And he talked about how Derwin James said in that second half, he could hear the announcer from the Texans talk about how they needed to get loud and the crowd needed to get loud. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? It kind of like ticked me off a little bit. And then they kicked it into gear. So you saw them come back around. This obviously felt like a game they could have won by 20, by 30. They end up winning it by 10. And like you mentioned, a win's a win. Some of the things that they hadn't been able to kind of complete or get right, particularly rushing the football. And we felt like that was kind of hopefully kind of given this game, given the Texans sort of dreadful performance against the run. So you saw those things kind of get right and you hope that they can build off of it, but at least you're back to 500. That's the key. And you're keeping pace in the division that is still kind of wild and still kind of crazy in its own sort of certain way, but you're back to 500, you get a win and now you can move on to a, to week five here against Cleveland. Eric, what about you, bud? Yeah, kind of echoing what Haley said. I think with what we talked about last week, we are all just so fascinated to see how they would respond, and they responded well. But I think given how, honestly, how bad last week was, you really just take the win where you can get it, and then you just kind of keep on building and, and move ahead to week five. You know, there there are rarely these perfect games in the NFL, even when you look maybe on paper, like I was looking at the roster before the game, and Obviously, the Chargers still, with all the injuries, have a very talented roster. And I'm looking at the Texans roster, I'm like, I don't know half these guys. But they're still an NFL team, and they're still good, and they still have playmakers. Um, so credit to Houston for kind of battling back in the second half. You know, and the Chargers said, they said, you know, when you're up 27 to 7.5, you know, maybe it's just human nature to kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit. Um, but I thought it was great how they responded late, um, you know, especially – that uh, that final drive for the offense where they put together that uh, that touchdown drive to, to Eckler. Um, I, th I thought that was big because they could have easily, it could have easily gone south. I think we can all agree with that. Like when, when it got a little bit hairy there in the second half, you know, party, party was like, okay, is this, is this really going to go bad? Um, so yeah, credit to the Chargers for, for first winning the game and two kind of responding when they needed to. I mean, the first half was, with domination, Chris, like you said, they scored 27 points. I think that the most they had scored in the first half in four years. So they looked great. Um, 
you know, it's just so tough to play a complete 60-minute game. I know that's everyone's goal, but, you know, you, you, like, like we said, you, you take what you can get, and on to week five. So a few things that I noticed in that, uh, in that first half, you know, the Chargers failed to get any turnovers in week two and week three. They started the game with that Nas Adderley pick. Nas, I feel like Nas should have like 15 picks in his Chargers career. I you know, know, they're either called back or just off his fingertips, but but he gets that first one. Gerald Everett scores. So they get that hot start that they needed, I think, on the road. And then they close the game with an interception, that Bryce Callahan game ceiling pick. So I, I thought, you know, turning the football over, getting it. Um, they got after Davis Mills. They hit him 10 times. Seven Chargers hit Davis Mills. And then offensively, Listen, Justin Herbert looked like Justin Herbert to me. Uh, 340 yards, two touchdowns, a passer rating of 113.2. Uh, the, the passing game ran through Mike Williams, seven for 120. You know, I, I talked to Mike uh, before the team took off, and we talked about the fact that adversity strikes every single team in the NFL at some point. You know, the Chargers are kind of going through that adversity right now, especially with injuries. And he kept saying, hey, next man up, next man up. How about next man up at left tackle, Haley? Jamari Sawyer, I mean, the, the way he played, you know, we can get into Corey, and, and Corey makes a world of difference on that offensive line. I think it's fairly obvious. Um, yeah. But the fact that Justin Herbert was barely touched in this game, and you have a rookie left tackle who has high expectations because the guy he's replacing is a first-team All-Pro as a rookie. So, I mean, shout-out to Jamari for, for the way he played. Um, that was certainly an awesome performance in his first NFL game. Yeah, so obviously because I wasn't on this trip, I was watching the game at home, and that means I have the television broadcast on. And early on in the game, Beth Moens, who was the play-by-play on the game, mentions, she's like, ah, we haven't even talked about Jamari Salyer, but that's probably a good thing, right? Because as an Mm -hmm. offensive lineman, you don't want your number to be talked about. You don't want your name to be talked about on the broadcast. of any position, that's the one you just never want to hear. And you didn't hear it throughout the rest of the game. And that's a good thing. And it's incredible. I mean, I think, um, you know, it it was an interesting dynamic and I think credit to the chargers to just make the change and, and go with it and sort of say, Hey, let's, you know, let's put him in and, and see what he can do here. And he certainly held his own. And, you know, Brandon Staley said after the game, he was really proud of the way that he played. And I was just thinking back to, Uh, Joe Lombardi's presser earlier in the week when he mentioned how Jamari is cut from the same cloth as Zion and Rashawn. And that is certainly high praise because as we know, those two are just stand up guys, both on and off the field. And so when you get that in your head, I mean, you don't want to overhype the guy before he even steps out on the field, but you feel more confident about where he's going to be and, and how he's going to perform. And he certainly did perform well. Again, you don't hear his name, and that's a good thing. And then really quick, when you mentioned the adversity, because I want to go back to a line that Austin Eckler had where he said, we face some adversity, which is kind of the best way to start your season because it's, because it's going to tell you a lot about your team. And like you said, every mm. team goes through it, and every team goes through it at different times maybe starting it early and kind of facing it early does give you a barometer on what your team is going to be like, how you can battle with the guys who you are going, you know, to war air quotes here with on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, whatever it is. Um, Maybe it's a good thing that they're sort of facing this adversity now and sort of learning how to work through it versus maybe towards the end of the season or in the middle of the season or something like that. Yeah. Haley, it's an excellent point. You're going to learn a lot about your team uh, especially early in the year when you have adversity like the Chargers have had through the first four weeks. Eric, you said you had a note on Jamari, correct? 
Yeah, uh, just I saw it right before we popped on, you know, uh, pro football focus with some people take with a grain of salt, you know, depend on how you interpret that. But um, he had a, a pass blocking grade yesterday of 90.4, which is fantastic. Um, so that's a, say a, so. a great start for him. If you go back and look at, at Herbert's first touchdown uh, to Everett in, early in the first quarter, just look at the pocket that, that Justin had. Like, I posted a screenshot of it on Twitter, and it was like he was sitting in a rocking chair, like, with nobody around him. You know, there was no one within three yards of him, and he had all the time in the world to throw, and Jamari was a, a big part of that. So kudos to the rookie for stepping in. Um, he, he got a game ball after the game, and you could tell how happy people were for him. Yeah, that that was awesome to see. Um, and, you know, this is a, this is a player – who played at Georgia and who was a mainstay on their offensive line. So it's not like he came from a small school. I mean, he has an SEC pedigree. Um, I, I was frankly pretty shocked that he went in the sixth round after talking to all these draft analysts after the draft saying like, wow, we, we were pretty surprised that he slipped Haley. Yeah. It's just one of those things that it's, it's crazy how, and I know that you can't really analyze a draft until what is it like three years after it's done or something like that. Yeah. But immediately you look at sort of the impact that some of these guys have had on their colleges and their college careers. And you go, why didn't he go sooner? And I know, I believe he played left tackle a good chunk at Georgia as well. Um, so I don't know. It's just one of those things, but you know, maybe sometimes that's where you trust your scouting staff and maybe it's, it's, instances like this that unfortunately you know you never want to see a player get hurt you never want this to be the case as to why you're seeing it and why it's happening but if you can get a guy like Jamari to plug in there and kind of keep it smooth and keep it smooth sailing then that's all you can ask for that's all you can truly ask for for a guy in that situation and I think you know I'm not sure when you kind of heard him this week, I mean, it sounded like he was just coming in with that mentality of, Hey, I'm just coming in as the starter. We're going to do it. We're not going to worry about where we were drafted, where I was drafted, anything like that. And just kind of go, but you know, it's funny. I, you mentioned the Georgia thing. And I remember when he was at, at chargers media day, he was rolling through all the stations, like an absolute pro. Cause that's the stuff that you do when you're in the sec. And this yeah. is granted level of football is obviously higher in the sec as well so you kind of parlay that all together but just a, a standout performance from him and just so awesome to see so i mentioned you know justin herbert i think a lot of fans were worried about this rib injury obviously for justin's health and, and safety but also it's going to be very difficult to play with and when you get the offensive line playing the way it did um and justin playing the way he did. I mean, he looked like he looked like the guy that we saw last year that was thrown for 5,000 yards. So that, that was very encouraging to see. That was without Keenan Allen out there. That was without uh, Rashawn Slater as, as your left tackle. So I was very encouraged by that. Um, I, I do think the running game, it was good to see Austin get rolling, three total touchdowns. He had 60 yards on the ground, 13 carries. Two of those carries were 30 yards, um, and those were the touchdowns. So... The Chargers running game still wasn't, I think, what it needs to be moving forward. And we'll get into Cleveland later in the in the pod. But, um, Eric, I, I, I look at the running game, and it was good to see Austin get rolling. Um, I, I feel like between Sony and Josh Kelly, uh, I, there, there needs to be uh, maybe a little bit more consistency there um, if they're going to be a balanced offense. Yeah, I would, I would probably agree with that. I mean, I wrote after the game in, in my five takeaways that 
it was a start for the run game. I mean, certainly it wasn't perfect, but it, it felt like a little bit of like famine or feast. Like you mentioned the two carries that went for 30 yards. I think Eckler had four total carries that went for 10, 10 yards or more, which means the other nine carries really didn't go for much. Yeah. Um, I'll, that, I'll interrupt you real quick, Eric. 27 for 81, three yards a pop for the entire run offense. Right. But you have to take Herbert's kneel downs out of that, obviously, at the end. Yeah. Um, so I think for the running back, it was 23 carries for 86 yards, which is about a yard more than, they're get, than they were ha- having in the previous three games. So, so definitely an uptick for sure. Um, but it wasn't as maybe consistent as we as we or the team wants. Um, it was an improvement for sure, and that's good to see just because the first three games were just so inconsistent. Um, yeah, it was good to get Austin going. Um, I think the whole thing, the whole offense overall is still building to what it could be. Um, and you mentioned Justin. I just think there was just so much unknown heading into that Jacksonville game where we didn't know how he was going to do. Maybe he didn't know how he was going to do. He didn't know if he was going to play. It was so up, so murky, so up in the air. And then last week, there was none of that, right? There was none of that. Is he going to play? Like, we all knew he was going to play. He probably knew how to manage it better, knew what to expect on Sunday. And he looked great. Like you said, you, you rattled off his stats earlier. You know, he looked like Justin Herbert that, that we know. Um, you know, I got to give credit to Mike Williams. You know, that guy is continuing to shine with, with Keenan out. Um, and I just thought that the big play ability was, was there yesterday than more, more than we've seen in recent recent weeks, I guess the first three weeks. Um, I think in the first three games, the Chargers had 11 explosive plays, which is uh, a run of 10 or more yards and a pass of, of 20 more yards. By my count, they had 10 explosive plays yesterday. So they almost equaled their season total yesterday. And that's obviously how you put up 419 yards of offense on the road. So it was just good to see that the, the, the big playability was back. And I think we can hopefully expect that going forward, like we said, with Justin kind of back in a groove, knowing, knowing how to manage that injury, and hopefully getting Keenan back too. Yeah. Good call. Good call taking out these Herbert's kneel downs. So it's 23 for 86. The, the running back's 3.7 a carry. So about, like you said, about a yard better than the, uh, the average through three games. Haley, one theme um, that needs to be cleaned up in the second half is just they've been outscored in every single game in the second half. I think it was 22-7 last week against uh, Jacksonville. Um, It was uh, Kansas City. They were outscored. Uh, uh, Vegas, they were outscored week one. And then, obviously, the Texans. So, it's... You guys mentioned it's hard to play a complete game in the NFL, but these second halves, uh, they have to either uh, hold on to the lead and, and add some points to it or, or make sure that uh, they, they can come back and outscore teams in the second half. That's going to be something that I'm looking forward to seeing starting with Cleveland. Yeah, and that works on both sides of the ball, right? It works on sustaining offensive drives, but also as a defense being able to put your foot on the gas and keep that going and stopping their offense as well. And I made a note um, as they started the fourth quarter, the Texans has been, the Texans had been outscored 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter through the first three games. And then all of a sudden you saw what happened and you're like, uh Oh, is this going to be the day where they turn that around? And it did get very close there to, to a point towards the very end, but you just, you have to. And, and again, you know, Maybe this is one of those things that they're just dealing with specifically with this game. You know, 
trying to work through just some not having all your pieces there and working through some pieces. J.C. Jackson was also back in this game. We've only seen him in one other game this year. So, you know, you're kind of dealing with adding guys who haven't been here, dealing with the losses of other players. But it, it again, to me, it comes down to both sides of the ball, that offensively you have to sustain drives. Even if you're not necessarily putting points on the board, you need to, like, sustain it. You need to take time off the clock. You need to keep that going. And then defensively, though, you have to also just put your foot on the gas and stop it. And as good as they were in that first half, I don't know what – the halftime is like where sometimes they just sort of get a little comfortable maybe, but at the end of the day, you know, like we talked about up top, a win's a win, but that is something I'm totally with you. needs to get cleaned up because you're going to have some dominant opponents that are going to come up throughout the season and you want to play your best football at the end. And you also want to do that at the end of games as well. So Eric, the Raiders beat the Broncos. Broncos are two and two. The Chargers are two and two. The Raiders are one and three, and then the Chiefs beat the Bucks. They're three and one. The AFC West isn't like the best conference of all time. All right, <laughs> it, we I think we hyped it up going into this season, and deservedly so. There's a lot of moves made, but Always. this this is a division that can be had, and for everything that's happened through the first quarter of the season, Chargers are sitting a game back of the Chiefs. In a game where I'll say it again, if Corey Lindsley was in that game in the second half, may have been a little bit different in Arrowhead. So for for as tough as a quarter this has been for the Chargers, you still find yourself in a pretty good position. You got a tough road game coming up, which we'll get to, and then the Broncos in two weeks here for Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like what what is the best division? Is it I mean, the, other than Washington, the NFC East looks pretty good, and no one would have said that, right, about a month ago. Um, yeah, I, th I just think you, you stay the course, you know, and you just keep taking it one week at a time, which I know is a cliche that we hear all the time. But, um, you know, you can't win the division in week five or week four or week three. You know, you just play the games and you hope to win, and, and you stack it up at the end. Um, I think we're all definitely keeping an eye on what the other teams are doing, as we always do. Maybe a little more this year, just because there was so much hype ar around this this group of four teams. Um, I still think it's going to be a, a, a cluster of teams at the end who are right there. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't see the Chiefs game last night. We we were flying home, um, but obviously they look good. But I just think they look that. Good. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. I mean, I I was following on Twitter and something about Mahomes, which is like a weekly thing, but whatever. Um, yeah, if you, if you can just stay stay with the pack, right, and then surge late. That was actually the the headline of my story. Like uh, Chargers surge late. You know, with the the end of the fourth quarter, they got it done. They don't need to have that same mindset for the season too. Just stick with it. You know, stay with it. Stay with it. And then the last five six games. Okay, that's time to turn it on. It's time to make a push. But we are so far away from there. We're still, uh, I, my math is bad, eight, ten games away from there, you know? So just focus on Cleveland this week, keep at it, and then just see where we're at, you know, week 17, week 18. All right, speaking of the Browns, quick break. We'll come back and we'll look ahead to week five in Cleveland. All right, so last week on the pod, we were talking about how we can look ahead a little bit. Um, I look at these two away games at Houston, at Cleveland, as, as a perfect opportunity to really right the ship, get to 3-2 and two ahead of this Monday night football game. You took care of Part A. Part B is going to Cleveland. 
and, and trying to slow perhaps the best rushing attack in football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And Haley, you know, last week James Robinson had a 50-yard touchdown. Yesterday, um, Damian Pierce a 75-yard touchdown. So it's something that they're going to have to be well aware of when you're talking about Chubb and Hunt. Well, yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to last season, and I know that the Browns are obviously a different team in many aspects, but you know, we made the joke that earlier last season we were waiting for sort of that shootout to happen, and no one expected, I think, it to happen against that Cleveland game where it just got cracked open, but... They go to their house this week. Um, Browns are 2-2, two and two, lost to the Falcons yesterday. They rushed for 177 yards, and Nick Chubb had 118 of yeah. those. And there is no denying that the flip side is that they gave up 202, but they didn't have Jadavian Clowney. They didn't have Miles Garrett. He, he, you know, he's got question marks, I'm sure, coming into this game as well, given that accident he was in last week. But... This is the ultimate, you got to stop this ground attack because they will pound, dog pound it down your throat all day long. And I think this is one of those very interesting games that... Did you say um, dog pound it? That's like the... Dog pound it. That's that's really good. That's it, right? (laughs) That's sure. That's where it comes from. Um, Who knows? But you just, that's like your focal point. You got to stop the run. And... I think Nick Chubb, though, is one of those dynamic players, and, and Cream Hunt as well, but Chubb certainly tends to carry the load a little bit more. He just gets it done. It's just really hard to find that guy have a bad day in the NFL, and maybe that will hopefully come this week. But you just have to have that top of mind first and foremost because they are going to just throw it at you all day long. This is an interesting game to me just because, you know, in many ways, Jacoby Brissett he, I guess, is one of those very competent backup quarterbacks. You know, he's had a lot of starting experience in this in the in this league in the NFL. He made some mistakes yesterday, obviously, that sort of ultimately led to their loss. But this isn't a game that I think can be taken kind of lightly. I mean, the Browns have a lot of playmakers. Will they all be active and healthy this Sunday? You know, specifically on defense. Who knows? But this is one of those games, like you mentioned, it just stop in the run, man. That is the first and foremost most important thing you got to do in order to have a chance. Eric, they have a heck of a home field advantage, too. That crowd's going to be into it. And Haley alluded to Jacoby Brissett. You know, he's playing football that allows you to win. You know, he, he's not making many mistakes. He was 21-35, 234, did have an interception yesterday. But um, he's kind of playing even-keel football and letting those running backs do work. Yeah, he's always sort of been that guy, right, like throughout his career, whether he filled in for for Andrew Luck, you know, when he retired. Um you know, he's always been a solid backup, as Haley said. Um, definitely a home field advantage for Cleveland. And going back to what we just talked about with, with the second half, this is a game where you you can't get behind in the second half or you can't get outscored. Otherwise, the Browns are just going to run the ball and you're not even going to have a chance to come back because they're just going to con- control the ball, control the clock. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think especially if you look, you know, we talked about looking late in the year that we're allowed to look ahead. These are the games you maybe need to win too for – for playoff purposes, you know, if you get a tiebreaker down the road, you know, depending on where Cleveland shakes out at the end. Um, yeah, it, it's a big game. Um, I think it's going to be a, a definitely a tougher road environment than what we saw yesterday in Houston. You know, I know the, uh, the announcer, like Derwin said, was trying to get the crowd hyped up. The crowd was about half full. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a full house. That that dog pound will be, will be packed. Um, yeah, good. And, you know, and, 
all offseason we've heard about how they the the resources they poured into the run game, you know, and how you know it's supposed to be better. You you mentioned the big plays. It hasn't been as good, I think, as people wanted, but this is a true test right here to show, okay, where are we? Probably the best rushing attack in the league. Can we stand up and, and get the job done? Great point too, Eric. I mean, eleven of sixteen teams in the AFC are two and two or better. Seven teams make it. So th- these are the types of games where you can separate yourself, get those tiebreakers. Um, and, you know, w- we talk about the, this rushing attack. Their defense is pretty good, too. If Miles Garrett does go, Haley, it's a little bit different for uh, Jamari Sawyer. You know, you get, you get that one game under your belt in Houston, but then if you get Clowney and Garrett, uh, and then you get Chubb the following week, and you get Uchenna Nuosu the week after that, um, I think this was a, a good opportunity for, for Jamari to get those meaningful reps in his first start before the, the pass rushers get more and more elite. Yeah, because when you look at a, a player like Miles Garrett, he's probably not going to be 100% if he does play. I mean, what did I read? He's dealing with bicep and shoulder issues from uh, that accident he was in. But even at 75% Miles Garrett and 80% Miles Garrett is still marginally better than an inactive Miles Garrett. And so that is certainly going to be one of those things that we'll kind of monitor throughout the week and, and look at his status, but definitely a difference maker. I don't know. I haven't dug deep enough into what's going on with Jadavia and Clowney, but even if you have one of them, I mean, those guys are difference makers on that side of the ball. And I think you saw that yesterday in terms of the loss that they were sorely missed. Um, but like you said, to get Jamari in last week and kind of, inch him into what's to come facing some of these, you know, prominent edge rushers in this league. It's a great test. And what he did against Houston, he certainly aced it. And um, unfortunately it's the NFL and it does get hard because that's how this league is. Everything is a challenge, but you got in at a good time and now you get to hold your own against some of the best. Eric, what do you think is going to be most important for the chargers offensively? Um, Trying to match what Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb do, or just, having Justin do his thing. Maybe you get Keenan Allen back. You got Mike Williams. You got Gerald Everett. Um, you got Austin coming out of the backfield. Maybe try to beat him with the passing game. Yeah. I wouldn't even say they need to match what, what Cleveland does. Um, because I don't know. Really well, that's can. impossible. Like, like, let, let me rephrase yeah. it. It's, it's not, impossible. Yeah. Okay. That can't happen, but <laughs> Do you try to establish the run and chew clock and keep the ball away from Cleveland? Or do you kind of lean on the passing game, maybe get some explosives and try to get out in front early and, you know, hopefully lean on your running game in the second half? Yeah, I think I think you rely on the run game. And I think that's part of why yesterday worked so well for the offense. Like Like we said earlier, the run game wasn't lethal per se, but it was – um, competent enough where it kept Houston honest, and that allowed for Justin and the and the offensive playmakers, the yeah, wide receiver and tight end, to, to flourish. So, and I think that's really the recipe of how of how it's going to work for the Chargers. Um, at this point, I don't think the Chargers are going to be a team that rushes for 200 yards a game, but if they can keep it around, you know, 90, 100 yards, and and be consistent there, that will open up the passing game, and that's really where. Like I said earlier, the chunk plays are going to come and the big plays are going to come. Um, and I think I think we talk about being a balanced offense. I think it's the Chargers maybe skew a little bit more towards being more of a home run team passing the ball. 
But in order to do that, they have to run the ball effectively, and that's what we saw against the Texans, and hopefully what we'll see Sunday against the Browns. Haley, what do you think? Because, you know, obviously we don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, you could, you could say the Chargers can establish the run in the second half and get off to a big lead, but um, it's almost like strength versus strength, and, and obviously the, the, the Browns' strength is running the football, and the Chargers' strength, frankly, is Justin Herbert and, and what he can do uh, spreading the ball around and getting it to his playmakers. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, again, I I just kind of go back to that game last year because at some point it just broke open. And like you said, you just, you never know how it's, how it's going to play out. And it it turned into a shootout essentially that game did. So I think, um, I think you're right. I don't think you can match the ground game, but I think what we saw, at least from that final drive that the Chargers offense put up, you know, 12 plays, 84 yards and 12 plays, you were able to sustain something for a long period of time and ultimately cap it off with a score. So I just think you just have to be smart about what your game plan is. But knowing defensively the biggest challenge comes in containing their rushing attack, knowing that that's what they're going to do first and foremost. So I think that there are options that the Chargers offense has. Um but, you know, I just think it's it's going to come down. You know, we hear this a lot, and this is something with Brandon Staley and his team that I've, I've thought a lot about. I talked to a couple players in the offseason about just how he really does fine-tune game plans, the co- entire coaching staff does, to opponents. And so this has got to be one of those games that you literally have to look at this other team and go, okay, we may not be able to match them here. How can we do it in another situation, in another area? And that's what I certainly believe is going to happen for this week, and hopefully we'll see off we'll see payoff with a win next Sunday. Last thing guys. And I'm, I'm putting you both on the spot and put myself on the spot. Cause I don't even have an answer to this right now, but like, give me like an X factor player on the chargers. That's going to have to play really well, Eric on Sunday in order for the Chargers to get win number three. Hmm. Yeah. putting me on the spot. Earlier. Yeah. You know, it's Monday. Monday. <laughs> I've, I've figured this <laughs> get you going, get you ready for Browns week. Now Man, got my coffee ready. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm going to put uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. I, pretty much the whole interior of the of the Chargers defensive line. Um, just because we talked about that, they need to stop the run. I thought that group honestly played really well yesterday against the pass. Um, Morgan Fox and um, you know Jerry Tillery, all that, all those, those guys, they played great against the pass. Um, but they're going to have to play fantastic against the run in order in order to get it done. So I'll say the I'll say Sebastian, kind of he's the leader of that group, but that whole. Uh, interior of the D-line. Haley, what about you? Yeah, I'll flip it and just talk about the Chargers offensive line. If this is the big if, if you have Clowney and if you have Garrett active on Sunday, just being able to hold your own against those guys who we know are fearsome uh, pass rushers in this league. Just being able, as much as Justin Herbert had time yesterday, is he going to have that time this coming Sunday? those guys are able to hold their own in a much louder environment, as we talked about, most likely a much more um, intense environment, if you will. So if you want to take, you know, take it to the offense, put it on those guys to maybe hold their own. um, If those Browns defenders are indeed active. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think Pipkins and Sawyer are, are the guys that have to hold their own, keep Justin upright. So Justin can make plays down the field and, you know, it's Monday, so we don't really know what's going to happen in terms of injuries. The hope is Keenan Allen will come back sooner than later. It would be awesome to have him back if you're the Chargers offense and pair him with Mike Williams again because things just seem to be uh, even more in sync offensively when Keenan's out there. So 
It's going to be fun. Uh, Coach Staley will speak later today. Um, Eric, I'll have you covered there. And uh, game week, week four, is in the books. Week five, Cleveland on Sunday. For Haley and Eric, I'm Chris. This has been the final drive.